Well, good morning. It is great to be here and worship our maker, our heavenly father with you guys. I was just thinking about this, that uh, every time I drive by here and I see this building, it represents something uh, very dear to the heart of, of who I am and to the heart of Journey Church. Um, like it was mentioned, my name is Carlos and I'm a pastor up in um, Waukegan area on the north side of Waukegan and uh, we planted uh, close to eight years ago and when I moved here I didn't know anybody it was simply a dream and a vision to plant a church and uh, Christ Church was one of the very first churches that came alongside of me and said we believe what you want to do and we believe what God wants to do through this church plant and you guys were one of the very first churches that came alongside and partnered with us. So, and, and not only from the very beginning, but throughout the whole eight years, uh, there's always been constant contact. And in fact, right now, I'm currently uh, in, a, in a preaching uh, program with Mike. Uh, so you guys mean a lot to me and a lot to Journey. And you have touched us in more ways than you can understand. Um, I would also like to tell you that... I, I hope you don't ever take for granted the, the, the quality of pastors that you have in this place. Mike, being the lead pastor, he is a pastor of pastors and leader of leaders. And uh, you're privileged to have him as your shepherd. Also, I just want to let you know that uh, in North Chicago and in Waukegan, I meet with pastors regularly. And the name of this church constantly comes up in a very, very, very good way. You, whatever you guys are doing here, whatever God is doing through your midst and the vision that you have of reaching people outside just your community, it's known in North Chicago. And this church has a reputation for caring and serving those people that are outside this community, not just for the people in this community. So I just want to let you know that this is a wonderful church. You have wonderful pastors and God is doing amazing things through you guys. All right, well, today I'm going to talk about being contagious. Um, and, and I want to paint a picture for you as to what, what, what do I mean by being contagious. This phrase has been used around for a while now uh, to, to, to mean uh, sharing Christ or, or, or being contagious uh, of, of who Jesus is in our lives. But I want to paint a, a different picture for you. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went to Guatemala on a mission trip uh, at Journey Church. We usually go to Guatemala, and, and we're working hard in this area. And we kind of already knew the community. We have been there a couple of times. So we decided to do what they constantly tell us not to do. Go and eat where you shouldn't be eating and go to the coffee shops. And, you know, they set up stands on the street, and we would just eat off of the stands. And because we did that, a lot of us got sick. In fact, so sick that I, I wasn't sick, but, but a lot of the people got sick, and three people had to be hospitalized. And, and I had to stay behind with them because we and were in the hospital when it was time to go back. So they were there, and then, you know, it finally got better. They had all kinds of parasites and stomach stuff, but they were very contagious is what they told us. So they say, when you go back to the States, don't take anything with you. Don't take your toothbrush. Don't take your nothing, your, 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 your clothes, nothing. Buy a new set of clothes and just leave with that. Leave everything behind. So that's what they did. They were so contagious. They had something inside of them, all around them, that if they were to be in contact with someone else, someone else could catch that. So I told my wife about it. She wasn't pleased that I had to stay a couple more days. When I finally came home, she was prepared. She wouldn't let me in the house until she expected everything I had. 
She kind of had like this hazmat suit on. She had trash bags ready. She was ready, right? She didn't even want to let me sleep in my bed the first night. She did, though. But she understood the concept that there could be something inside of me that could affect my children, that could affect her in a negative way. Contagious. Probably one of the biggest contagious things that happened in history was the European plague back in the 1300s, in which 40 to 60 percent of Europe was wiped out. It's called the Black Death. It's believed that 100 to 125 million people died because of this contagious plague that happened. What's interesting, though, is that these people that were contagious would be sectioned off, and other people that were contagious, but in a different way. They were contagious with Jesus, would go into those contaminated areas to serve those that were dying by showing them love, by showing them the light of Jesus Christ. And of course, many of them got contaminated themselves and died, but they laid down their lives being contagious of Jesus Christ. As you know, in early Christianity, the first 300 years, it was illegal to be a Christ follower. In fact, I'm sure you already know they would throw some Christians into um, the lions in the Colosseum for entertainment so that the lions would eat these Christ followers. Or, or, or an emperor would, would set up alive Christ followers that were still alive and set them up as torches for his yard so that he could light up his yard in the evening. And yet Christianity spread like wildfire during those 300 years. Just like Christianity spreading like wildfire in China right now. Why is that? Because of contagious Christ followers. Because Christ is so alive in them that other people that don't know God are affected by their lives. This concept of being contagious, I think, paints a beautiful picture of who Jesus created us to be and what his plan for the Great Commission is. And, and we've, we've all probably heard the Great Commission and, and Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven. So let's take a look at it. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, we see Jesus giving us these words. He says, therefore, go... Now, that's interesting. This is go. It doesn't say get everybody together and have them come because uh, as the North American church, we've, we've done that pretty well. We're, we're good at getting people to come, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, go, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Wow, that's a big task. That's a very big task. The good thing is that Jesus didn't just leave us with the what to do, but he also gave us the how to. And that's what I want to look at today. And I want to look at this, this formula um, for impacting our world, okay? And I, I learned this many years ago. Um, it's not on my own, but it has really helped me to put an understanding in my mind as to how God created me, how God cr has created us to be his ambassadors, and represent him in a world that is dark and hungry for something that they may not know what, but that we do. So here's the formula. Let's take a look at the formula. It is HP plus CP plus CC equals MI. All right. 
Now, I know that a lot of you guys are saying, what, what, what in the world is that? That looks like some cryptic equation. While this may look like an equation straight out of a chemistry book, it's actually a formula that contains God's strategic plan for reaching those that are far from him. So I'll, I'll start with standard algebra and break off right with the end, MI. What does that mean? The ultimate goal is maximum impact. So HP plus CP plus CC equals maximum impact because that's what we want to have. We want to have the most amount of impact on those that are far from God. And before we go any further into looking at the other elements, we need to see where these cryptic things come from. They actually come from a metaphor that Jesus talked about and that we find in Matthew 5, 13 and 14, in which Jesus said this, and these are some very critical words. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now, it's interesting that it doesn't say you can become the light. It doesn't say you should be the light. It says you are the light. And many of us, many of us, we believe, we're like, man, Carlos, if you really knew my life, you know that I'm really not that salty or that, that much light to anybody. No, no, no. But really, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, it's not how good you are. It's how good our God is, and he has taken residence in you. And that is what makes you salt of the earth, light in this dark and fallen world. So, what does salt mean to begin with? So let's take a quick look at what salt is. Salt does several things. And the first one is this, is that salt creates thirst, right? If, if, if you go to the beach, I grew up in, in Florida, if you go to the beach and you're in the water for about 30 minutes, when you come out, you're really thirsty because salt produces thirst. Second thing is that salt spices things up, right? So, so salt, whenever, whenever you, you, you want to spice your food up, what do you do? You reach over for the salt shaker, right? But salt also preserves. We don't use it this way anymore, but before we have refrigerators, you could actually pack meats with salt to be able to preserve them. And salt melts ice. Obviously, I didn't tell you guys that, but when I first started teaching this, I was in California, and nobody knew that actually salt melts ice because they don't use it on the road over there like that. So, so salt stimulates thirst. Salt adds excitement to the taste of things. It holds back decay and it melts frozen things. So which one was Jesus talking about when he said, you are the salt of the earth? Well, he was meaning, I really think, all four. He was saying, you are to produce thirsting people that don't know me by the way that you live your life. You are to produce thirst in people for me. You're also supposed to bring excitement to life. You, you, you can delight in your heavenly maker. You have been made right with God. You should be able to bring joy and life and delight to the world that you're in. And you should also hold back the decay of your community and your world, right? Just like you guys are doing in North Chicago. And also, we are to melt the hearts of those that are hard towards God. So HP plus CP. HP, going back to the formula, stands for high potency, which comes from salt. 
And CP stands for close proximity. So high potency plus close proximity is where we get part of our formula for light. I'm sorry, for maximum impact. So let's talk about high potency here for just a moment. What, are, what, 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 what does that mean, high potency? Here's what that means. There is enough of God, enough of Jesus Christ, enough of the Holy Spirit in us that we become potent. How does that happen? We simply create room for God to be active in our lives. By being here, we're creating room, right, for God. But every time we open scripture, we are creating room for God. Every time we go to a small gathering, a small group, we are creating room for God. Being part of, of the life of Jesus Christ that you guys are going to have here in the fall. Creating room in your life. Making that a commitment. Creating space for that allows you to become more potent. See, many times we believe that simply we have the right theology and we think the right things. That makes us potent, but it doesn't. It's actually how much room we're giving God in our lives. And I like to simply, uh, I, I won't say too much on this, but I like to read a, a poem that paints a picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. And, 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 and Scripture paints the Holy Spirit many times as fire. So as, as I read this, this poem, I want you to make the connection of fire representing the Holy Spirit living within us so that we can become potent in Christ. It says this, What makes a fire burn? A space between the logs, a breathing space. Too much of a good thing, too many logs packed in too tight can doze the flames almost as surely as a pail of water. So building fires requires attention to the spaces in between as much as to the wood. When we're able to build open spaces in the same way we have learned to pile down logs, then we come to see how it is fuel in the absence of fuel together that makes fire possible. We only need to lay a log lightly from time to time. A fire grows. And here's the important part. Simply because the space is there with openings in which the flame that knows just how it wants to burn can find its way. So how do we grow? How do we become more potent? We simply create space in our lives for God. And that takes many shapes and forms. So that's high potency. We would not be able to create thirst in other people's lives unless God is really active in our lives and we are creating room for him. Right? Close proximity. What does that mean? High potency, close proximity. Well, it means that as we grow in our connection with God, he will begin to put a burden in our hearts to get close to those people, whether they're family members, whether they're neighbors, whether they're coworkers, that don't know him. And we can become intentional in getting in a relationship where spiritual conversations can organically and naturally flow. You know, God has not called us to be salespeople on behalf of him. 
I don't know if you've ever been to Starbucks, because in every Starbucks, there's always a salesperson there trying to give a pitch to someone, and you can always tell. I work, my office is practically a Starbucks, and I'm always there, and I can always tell when someone's trying to sell something. They have that pitch. We're not called to be salespeople for Jesus. He can sell himself. We are called to simply live an authentic faith that produces thirst in others, that produces hunger in others, so that natural conversations can take place. But we have to be intentional about being close enough to those. And I simply want to give you this, not because I feel like anything has been done right, but, but simply being intentional. We can be intentional about so many things. I go to the gym, and I am intentional. I, I'm, not, I'm not too friendly, you know, like those people that just make friends everywhere. I'm not, I'm not like that. But I'm intentional about going to the gym and saying hi to the people and asking them how they're doing. I see them at least three, four times a week, right? That in itself has created a few sparks of friendships. I have to get a haircut constantly, so I always go to the same guy. And for three years, I have been intentionally just trying to get together with this guy. Finally, he has come over to my house to eat dinner. And, and just last night after I left here, I went to a dinner at his house. And, and he doesn't speak English, but a journey was starting a Spanish service on June 30th. And after a couple years of doing this and hanging out with him and him knowing that I'm a pastor, but not bringing that up too much, only when there's things going on in his house that are rough, now I think is the opportunity to be able to have a deeper conversation with him. So, but it has to be intentional. It has to be intentional. Close proximity. High potency, close proximity. There's many examples in our everyday life that we can do to simply connect with others that are far from God. So let's take a look at the last part of the formula, which is a lesson from light. Because Jesus also said there in Matthew 5, 14, he says, you are the light of the world. You're not only salt, you are the light of the world. And what does light do? Let's take a look at a quick definition. The purpose of light is to make things visible and to help us see them for what they really are, right? So high potency plus close proximity plus CC, which comes from light, equals clear communication, high potency, close proximity, Clear communication equals maximum impact. But here's where I think most of us stop. But if we're in tune with God, we will see that he will naturally open the door to have authentic conversations. Without a sales pitch, but just authentic conversations. Because we can't just simply stop by being potent, right? Because people end up separated from their heavenly maker on that plane. We have to be close to them and wait for an opportunity, wait for the Holy Spirit, the fire within us to open the door, to simply say, this is why, this is why I live my life this way. This is why the priority of my life is Jesus. This is why I go on mission trip. This is why whatever it is, so that they know why is different. In fact, Romans 10, 14 tells us this. Take a look at this verse. It says, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? 
And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And preaching doesn't just mean what I'm doing here. Preaching is what we do every day with the way that we live our lives. Preaching is what we do, what, what we say and what we don't say at work. And what we say and don't say with our neighbors. Our life preaches. So while it's a prerequisite to live a salty Christ-like life, to be highly potent and in relationship with others, that alone is not enough. That alone is not enough. We need to be able to get to a place where we can simply express authentically why we live the way that we do. Let's pray. Heavenly gracious Father, first of all, me, I, I come before you acknowledging that I'm, I'm not always salty and I'm not always light to those that are far from you. Father, I can get so caught up in church ministry and doing things for you that I'm actually making no difference to those that are far from you. So I ask, Father, that, that, that this morning, not out of guilt and not out of shame, but out of conviction and out of truth, which sets us free, you will let us see that you created us already to be salt, already to be light, that you have given us everything that is required, whether we're introverts or extroverts, that you've simply created us to walk closely with you so that others may see you in us. And as we intentionally build relationships, you will open the doors for us to have communication and conversation that is authentic and real. And we leave the results to you. But we want to make ourselves available as vessels for you to use us. In Jesus' precious name, amen.